please, and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. I just want to um, say thank you again for the uh, wonderful offering uh, for our mission points for Honduras and for the Dominican. The goal was 10,000. You'll see in the bulletin that we actually went over 11,000. And um, this is how it will be distributed. A third of the, uh, the project money will be going to the Honduras to help them with their itinerant teachers. And uh, two-thirds of the money that was received uh, will be uh, helping our missions team that's going to the Dominican in November uh, for a project yet. Uh, I was uh, emailing Phil Williams, who leads uh, the, the DR missions point for us, and uh, him and Pastor Sean, because Pastor Sean's our team leader, They'll be working out the details of that. And when we have an announced project, when we're absolutely sure what we'll be doing, uh, we'll let you know about that. And uh, the Williamses, as I've mentioned in the past, will be coming to see us either late spring or sometime in the early summer. So we're looking forward uh, to having them with us. Uh, on a side note, Pastor Dale and uh, I think the family will be in the area in June uh, they won't be able to come to our church because they need to go to a few other churches that are helping support them uh, the time that they're up. But when we get closer uh, to the date, I will uh, give you permission to go to Bell River if you'd like to see them that Sunday morning and visit with them because they will be at Bell River, I think, Sunday, June 18th, in, in around Father's Day. So not that you need my per permission, you can just sneak off. Uh, but you'll be less guilty if I just say, hey, if you want to go over and see and listen to them and all that stuff, you'll feel better. That'd be an easy trip for you, uh, Al. Now you could practically, well, no, you can't walk, eh, because the church is at the other end. You could walk, but you don't want to walk. You could drive down and see them. Barb could walk. She's in better shape. Still friends? Good to have Jim back with us. Hey, Jim, good to have you back. Careful if you hug him. He did have surgery. Gentle hugs. Nice and gentle hugs. But I, I do hear that he's, he's dressing up for the uh, Sunday school picnic football game and we'll be helping the guys out. So look, looking forward to that. Yeah. Chest eye hit will be awesome. In Ephesians 4, awesome. Uh, it's part three of the four-part series. A few weeks ago, if you were with us at the uh, the beginning of March, uh, the sermon title was Grow Yourself, and I spent a little bit of time that Sunday morning challenging you to take care of yourself so that uh, you will uh, be strong in the Lord. Uh, last week, I spoke about encouraging and spurring one another on to good deeds to perhaps uh, coming alongside those that are discouraged or perhaps failing in the faith a little bit or wavering or maybe they're going through some personal struggles and how you can be an encouragement to them. And I want to remind you that uh, that's an ongoing ministry in any church. There are always those that are perhaps dealing with stuff or struggling or, or perhaps having a crisis of faith. Uh, always. That's always going on in any church. And so there's always somebody to minister to. So I would just encourage you uh, just to remember that. And uh, you really don't have to look too far and you don't have to look too hard. Uh, you will sometimes just notice some of the people that you're accustomed to sitting with 
or around that they're not there and uh, it's not always just holidays, right? Sometimes there are struggles going on and you can be a real blessing to them as the Lord leads you on how to approach them, encourage them in a spirit-wise way uh, just to maintain them in the body of believers. That's, that's one of the things that uh, is important for us to taking care of one another. Today I want to talk about growing the church and um, I'm not talking about growing the church numerically this morning. I'm talking about growing the church and understanding our interconnectedness and how we're necessary to one another to, to, to grow, but in a different way, in a different form from last week. So uh, turn to Ephesians 4, and I'm going to read from verse 11. Just to give you the whole feel and the whole context to the passage, uh, my text is going to come from the latter part of this, but I, I want to give you... Uh, the whole field. Ephesians 4, verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. So those are spiritual gifts to the church. For what purpose? To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow up, uh, pardon me, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ. From Him, meaning from Jesus, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So I want to take the text from the latter part of this and I, I want to focus, I guess you could say, on, on, on three E's and I'll get to those, those three E's in, in just a minute. You will notice as you're looking at the passage that I just read from verses 11 to verse 16 that there's a lot of you know, growth terms and there's mature that's mentioned a couple of times in the NIV. There's the word grow. There's um, uh, no longer being infants. In other words, that we're not supposed to ta- stay uh, immature in our faith uh, for very long. I mean, it, it, there's all kinds of words in there uh, that remind us that our, our responsibility is to grow up, to mature. Um, But today's passage is going to help you understand how we work together to achieve that. Uh, Last Sunday, it was about encouraging those that are struggling so that they can continue to grow. Let us keep on, right, meeting together, because that meeting together, fellowshipping together, uh, when it's done properly, when it's done with a purpose, helps us to grow in the Lord. But today, is, it's, it's about understanding our interconnectedness in order that we all may grow together, about understanding the importance of the people that are sitting around you, the people that you are doing ministry with, inside or outside of the church building, and how integral we are to support one another, to encourage one another, and, and to bring us from infancy uh, to maturity. So that's where we're going to go today. That's kind of the the understanding that I hope that you receive at the end of it. It's important to understand that we really are better together. And I I think that's perhaps, you know, a a great place to launch. We may not know one another 
really well in the sense of when you've got 200 adults going uh, to a church, it's impossible to know everybody really well. But there are certainly some people that you should know well, and there are some people that you are doing ministry with that you should know well. And as we're working together and encouraging one another and spurring one another on to love and good deeds, we, we will grow. It, it, it's like eating the right foods to, to grow physically. Well-balanced meals. If you take care of the well-balanced meals at breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you're going to grow. You, you don't have to stretch yourself. You don't like have to hang yourself from uh, you know some bar in your uh, house somewhere and dangle from it and put weights on your ankles in order to help you grow and to stretch you out. You know from five ten to five ten and a half. You don't, you don't have to do that. If you take care of yourself physically by eating the right foods, you will grow. We also understand that um, when it comes to those kinds of things at home you're kind of feeding yourself and taking care of yourself. But when it comes to spiritual growth, it's important that you do the things that you need to do for yourself, as I talked about in Sermon 1. But it's also important to understand the importance of the people around you to help you grow, to become all that that you could be and should be in the body of Christ. Now, one of the objections to a message like this is that sometimes some of us and we have to be careful with this, and I'll try to say this delicately. Sometimes some of us think that we don't need anybody else. We're fine on our own. And I'll take care of myself, and I'll be just fine on my own. So, hey, Pastor, I understand it's important to read the Bible and study the Bible, and I want you to know, Pastor, I'm doing that. Pastor, I understand that part of my spiritual vitamins are to make sure that I spend some quality time with God every day, in prayer, you know that means uh, you know speaking to God and listening to God, uh, and, and I I do that, Pastor, and and I understand it's important for me to share my faith, and I want you to know that when I'm at work or I'm at school, I'm always looking for opportunities uh, uh, to share my faith. But I find, Pastor, that you know I, I kind of do this all better on my own. I I, you know, I don't really like partnering with other people, and, and Pastor, just between you and me, I wouldn't want the rest of the church to know this. But, but just between the two of us, I don't really see anybody around here that could help me grow. You know, just, now remember, this is just between the two of us. Nobody else can see or hear this. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of there already. I've, I've arrived already. I've, I've got it all figured out. So this interconnectedness that you talk about, I'm not so sure that I need that. I don't know if I need the support or the encouragement of other people. I don't know if there's anybody in the building, really, that can pour into my life that's going to bring me something, that's going to help me grow. And what happens then is you find yourself, as a member of the body of Christ, if you have that kind of attitude, if you possess that kind of attitude, that you, that you ignore the rest of, of the body of Christ. You ignore the rest of the bride. And I've got a slide up there. If you want to throw that up for me, you can't love the Messiah and ignore his bride. You can't. You were meant to be connected, not just mystically because you were born again by the Spirit of God and you were placed into the body of Christ. I've shared that passage with you a bunch of times from 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13. As much as that is true of us, you, you need to know that God has placed you within a physical body of believers too so that we can help one another. Now let me speak to those of you that don't like to ask for help. 
you know who you are. Uh, you're the ones that are lost for 25 minutes, and your friend or your spouse is saying, would you stop and ask for directions? And you're like, no, no, I, I'm going I, to figure this out. I don't know why my wife all of a sudden has that look. I'm assuming you're staring at me. Yeah, because there's nobody else over there. That's what GPS is for, right? Or, you know, you're trying to hook up your TV and it's not going well. Get on the phone and ask somebody, you know, is this connected properly? Or, or maybe you're a do-it-yourselfer at home and you just want to figure it out yourself and, you know, you've, you've had to go out and buy a few pieces of wood every once in a while because you cut it too short, you know. I was talking to somebody yesterday that was putting in a... Uh, a basement tub for their washer and dryer. Well, not for their dryer, but for their washer. And they were doing the work and extending the drain pipe down below. And as they were working on it, they lifted up on the tub and destroyed the the tub. And so they had to go out and buy a new tub because, you know, they were kind of working on this alone and figuring it out. And the next thing you know, it's tough sometimes for some of us to ask for help. We're just do-it-ourselves kinds of people. And you may take that attitude from school or from work or from home, and you may apply that even in church. I'll just do this on my own. I'll figure it out on my own. I don't really need to be connected to the rest of the body. But I would tell you that it's impossible to love the Messiah and ignore the bride. And the Bible tells us that not only are we the body of Christ, but the Bible tells us that we are the bride of Christ. Everybody that is born again by the Spirit of God, we are His church, His bride. He is the bridegroom. He is married to us, and and He loves each and every one of us. And He has placed us all in a local church that we might learn and grow and develop and mature from one another. That's why you go to Bible study. That's why you do ministry. That's why you go to small group. Uh, that's why you go to prayer meetings. Uh, that's why y- you do all of those interconnected things. It's, it's, yeah, part of it's the fellowship. You just like hanging around some of these people. But we all learn and grow from one another. Teachers learn from the students, and students learn from the teachers. And we learn from one another in all of these groups. So I just want to reiterate the fact that it is important for you to understand that the church, the local church, was Christ's idea, and he places us together not just mystically, but but physically here in, in a local church that we could be a blessing to one another. That's important for us to understand, that you value the people around you, even though you may not be in contact with many of them regularly, but especially the ones that you are in contact with regularly, and that you you... You glean from them the good stuff that God has dropped in their heart. So let me give you the outline for all of this in Ephesians 4, 15, and 16, which will be the two verses. Let me talk to you about the expectation. Let me talk to you about the evolution of growth. And let me talk to you about what the end goal is. You know that when you were born, your parents wanted you to grow. And when you would go see the pediatrician, uh, the pediatrician would always talk about the growth percentiles. Remember those? Yeah, I remember those. Uh, just, you know, that they're in this percentile, you know, they're, they're this tall or their weight is this much. Half the time, those, those, those pediatricians just gave us anxiety. You know, if our, if our kids weren't in the, you know, the normal percentiles, if they were too high or too low, we were worried about, you know, what's going wrong and am I a lousy parent? 
but we always had the expectation that growth would be natural. If you were raising a young child and they weren't growing, you know, according to, to, to the books at least, we would sometimes become concerned. But we also realize that there's other kinds of growth, right? It's not just about the physical growth. There's the emotional growth. Uh, we need our kids to grow emotionally. Uh, when you become a, a Christ follower, it's important that you grow spiritually. Uh, as you get older and you understand the importance of relationships, that you grow in your relationship maturity. I mean, there's all kinds of areas of growth. I mean, for the most part today, I'm talking about spiritual growth. But there's, there's other kinds of growth. And I think embedded in spiritual growth is also emotional development as well. Some people don't develop well emotionally, and, and those are often the people that become problems to other people. Um, it, it, it's not that they haven't been churched. It's not that they haven't been saved a long time. But spiritually, emotionally, they, they haven't really developed well. And um, the focus, unfortunately, generally then is on themselves and, and not about helping other people grow in the faith. So let's talk about that first E expectation. The whole idea is, is that we are to grow. If, if you read Ephesians chapter 4 beginning at verse 11 and you read to the end at, at verse 16, you'll understand that the whole idea is to grow. We have a responsibility as believers to grow. We need to grow just to take care of ourselves. But you need to understand that the people around you can't grow in the Lord unless you help them. And the Bible tells us that that growth has helped from the fact that we are intricately linked together. So look at Ephesians chapter 4 again. And, and notice what it says in verse 16. From Him, from Christ, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love. In other words, and for some of you that may be in the medical field, you would understand this maybe better than the rest. You know, is that the bones are connected, you know, through ligaments and tendons and those kinds of things. And, and those all need to be interconnected to support the body, to support the frame. And if, if they're not there, um, there's real problem. Obviously, the body can't support itself. But if they're damaged or wounded, you also know what happens as well. Right? For those of you that have had tendon surgery or have had knee replacements or hip replacements or those kinds of things, you know what happens when something isn't working right when it becomes so sore that it's almost unbearable to do some of the everyday things. And so the Bible likens us to a physical body, and it tells us that Christ is the head. And, 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 and the information and all the spiritual stuff that we need comes from Jesus. But He likens us to His body, and the body, we are told, is interconnected in order that it can support one another, and it can support growth. And so you can't grow to your full potential unless you're interconnected to others. And we can't grow to our full potential unless there are other supporting ligaments helping us grow. Supporting the growth that's supposed to be in our spiritual lives. And so that's why it tells us in verse 11 why God gave to the church apostles and pastors and teachers and prophets and evangelists, plus a whole host of other gifts that are listed in Romans and are listed in 1 Corinthians. And the, the idea of those gifts is to what? Is to encourage and to support growth. And so those people just aren't doing a job. 
exercising their spiritual gift in order to bless you on a Sunday or on a Monday or whatever it is. But those people are gifts from God in order to help you grow. And then from the the spiritual input that you get, guess what? Then you bless others and you help them grow. But if we... If we deny that, that, that spreading that out, that, that sharing it with others, if we deny that, then, then the body doesn't grow as much as it could. If we're not willing to spiritually invest in other people's lives, then the body doesn't grow as much. And if we're unwilling to do that, guess what? We're like, we're like a muscle that isn't exercised. And if the muscle isn't exercised, eventually it grows weak and eventually it gets to the point that it can't support or do anything anymore. And so it's important for you to exercise your spiritual gifts. It's important for you to share with others. It's important for others to share that with you because working together, supporting the supporting ligaments being held together, we support the entire body then. So it comes down to simply this. I'm better because you're here. And you're better because I'm here. That may be, take you a while to swallow that one. But it's the interdependency and the interconnectedness and the sharing back and forth that helps us. So let me get real practical with this. This is why sometimes, uh, you know, leadership is concerned when we don't see you. It's not just the fact that you're, you know, your offering envelope's not in, in the bucket. It's not just that the attendance is down a little bit. Is that if that becomes a prolonged habit, guess what? You're not going to do very well spiritually. You're just not. I don't care. I don't care what other people say. I don't care what the ones that say, well, you know, I can do it alone from home. The Bible says you can't. You cannot disconnect yourself physically and spiritually from the rest of the body and and think that you're going to do as well as you can do. You can't. You may be able to get to a point, but there there will be a high watermark that you're able to get to, and you will not go beyond that. You need others, and and I need others. I just think of a couple of times in Bible study over the last month or so where some of the, quote, students in, in, in my Bible study have said some things that has just been, like, absolutely awesome and things that I would not have thought to, to ask or think. And it just reminds me, I have those little aha moments where it's just a reminder that, yeah, I'm the teacher on those days, but, but sometimes the students do the teaching. You know, if we're willing to receive it, you know, if you're a know-it-all and got it all figured out, then No. And it's just that understanding of that connectedness. And the whole idea is, the expectation is to grow. To grow. To grow spiritually. Remember what he says there, eh? That we will no longer, look at verse uh, 14 again. We will no longer be infants. The context is being tossed back and forth by every wind of doctrine. But let me just, no longer infants, right? It's time to grow up. Peter picks up that theme, and the writer to the Hebrews picks up that theme as well. All three writers talk about the importance of growing up. And so that is, that is the expectation. Folks, the expectation isn't just to get to heaven. Because some of us look at Christianity that way. Well, I got saved, and now my ticket's punched, and I'm going to heaven. And anything that happens between the time I got my ticket punched and the time I actually get to heaven, it really doesn't matter. And I would challenge you with that to say, well, yeah, it really does matter. Because this congregation won't be strong and healthy unless we're all pulling our weight and working together, supporting one another. 
and we're not going to grow and do the ministry that we need to do unless you are plugged in into ministry and that we're also you know, working together to bring glory to God. And so the expectation is not just my own personal growth, but my activity in the body so that the rest of us grow as well. Again, let me reiterate this. We need each other. We need each other. Sometimes we desperately need each other. The evolution of that, how does that take place? How do we grow into becoming what we're supposed to be? Well, the word that I would use is cooperation. The Bible tells us that we are connected. We are. So we aren't looking for connectedness because we already are connected. There's the mystical connectedness from being baptized in the body of Christ when we become Christ followers. But, and there's also the connectedness of when we are sitting here together and doing ministry together. But again, we can be in the same place and not necessarily be linked spiritually or linked emotionally or even linked physically. We may not necessarily be on the same page. So the Bible tells us that we need to cooperate with one another in the body. Yes, we are mystically united with Christ, but now we must take the reality of the mystical union and make sure that we, hold, we are held together by every supporting ligament. And as we grow and build each other up in love and do our work, we all mature. But there must be mutual cooperation. There must be collective cooperation. We must be willing to actually work, pray together. If I ignore you, I hurt myself. And I hurt my own spiritual growth. If I don't see you as necessary for my growth, I hurt myself, but I also hurt the whole body. I won't mature as I ought, and I won't help you mature as you need. We won't get the work of Christ done, and we certainly won't look, sound, and act like Jesus, which is the ultimate goal that I'll get to in just a little bit of time. So it's important for us to understand that, that we are to cooperate together. This is another reason why it's important for you to understand that, again, just coming on Sunday and sitting in the pew is not enough. It's not enough for you, and it's not enough for the rest of us. We need you to help lift the heavy load of ministry. And we need your input. We need your thoughts. We need your prayers. We need your encouragement. We need your perspective. We need your help in order that the rest of us would be better and stronger. Don't, don't see as, as opting out as an option or don't see your life as well as I grow older and I, quote, put in my time that I no longer need to do that, that, that there will be a younger generation that will pu- fill up the gap or, or take up the slack. And that may be true to a point, but the reality of it is, is the Bible tells us from beginning to end, regardless of how old we are, that we have a responsibility to contribute to the body of Christ because we are always connected but we are not always cooperating in the connection. And so that's, that's important for us to understand. So the expectation is growth, my own, and the rest of the body of Christ. And the rest of the body can't grow unless I am cooperating with them and helping them grow. And I can't grow unless the rest of the body is cooperating with me and helping me to evolve to become the person that I ought to become.
And what's the end goal of all of this? The end goal of this is not heaven. Your job isn't to get to heaven. So, let me go there. Look, if you're a Christ follower, if, if, if you've trusted in Jesus, and you're willing to persevere in the faith, you'll get there. Your journey will look different than somebody else's, but you'll get there. You know how I feel about this. I believe that we have a strong Savior, and that He who began a good work in me will see it to the day of completion. I, I, I absolutely believe in this. And Romans 8 tells us that, you know, there's all kinds of things that are going to come against us. Some of them are even demonic. But the Bible says you'll persevere. You'll work through them. First Peter spends paragraphs talking about the challenges of the faith and about endurance and perseverance and growing in the things of God. That Those things aren't necessarily negatives, but those things come at us to help us grow and to strengthen, right? To exercise the muscles. God doesn't want us to be flabby Christians. He wants us to exercise the muscles. So there's tests and there's challenges. There's trials that come our way. But they're not there to break us, saints. They're there to make us stronger. So He's got you. He's got you firmly in the palm of His hand. So like, you know what? Just cooperate with Him. Just walk the walk. Just cooperate with Him and walk the walk. The goal isn't to get to heaven. The Bible says that when you come to Jesus Christ, that you're what? That you're already seated in heavenly places. He reminds you that you're already there spiritually. Now, the encouragement is to make sure that you get there in the sense that, well, what is true of you now, keep working through your faith and keep walking in the journey to make sure that you don't fall or suffer a setback that Peter talks about. Make sure about all of that. But, but there's not this, there's, there's not this, whoa, will I make it? Won't I make it thing? I mean, you should wake up every morning wondering whether you're going to make it or not. Now, my wife glared at me a little while ago, but I'm still going to love her. But, but I'll, I'll use my marriage, our marriage as an example. I don't wake up every, every morning, maybe I should after today, but I don't wake up every morning wondering, does she still love me and is our marriage going to survive the day? And, and I hope you don't either. I, I would say this to you. If you are waking up thinking that, your marriage probably is in trouble. Yeah. And I'm not worried about, you know, are we going to make it through the day? Now, I, I think, you know, I work pretty hard to make sure that our marriage is in good shape. And occasionally my wife helps me with that. But I'm working hard. You know, I'm working hard. But you shouldn't be waking up every, every morning thinking, I wonder if I'm going to stay safe today. Or I wonder if I'm going to make it to heaven today. You know, that it's hanging by some kind of spiritual thread, and it depends on your behavior that day. Because it doesn't. The righteous shall live by what? By faith. Yeah, not by works. So, I mean, that's been settled for me. So, I mean, pardon me if you don't like my theology, but that's where I land. You know? So, I'm not waking up every morning trying to make my way to heaven. The Bible tells me that I'm already there in Christ. But what I am trying to make sure every day is that I am taking care of myself and that I'm growing and that I'm helping other grows. And my challenge every day isn't to make it to heaven, folks. My challenge every day is to grow a little bit more and look a little bit more like who? That's your goal. 
That's your goal. Because you know what? If you wake up every morning and say, today I want to be a little bit more like Jesus than I was yesterday, I can absolutely guarantee you that you're going to make it to heaven. Because your goal every morning isn't making it to heaven. Your goal every morning is I'm going to continue to grow and mature that I'll be more Christ-like. And when that's your goal, you'll get there. It's like putting money away in the bank, right? The Bible tells us that if we put away a little every day, then don't worry, at the end of the day it's going to add up. So what's your job? Your job isn't to watch it, and I know some people do this. Your job isn't to watch it. Your job is to make sure that every day you put a little bit more, every month you put a little bit more, every week you put a little bit more, so that it will grow. That's your goal. Your goal isn't to watch it. And so we're not, we're not trying to get to heaven because if you're trying to get to heaven, you've fallen back into the trap of trying to justify yourself before God by works. And that's not what it's about. The righteous shall live by? Thank you. So, I mean, the goal is to be like Jesus. That's your goal every morning is how can I be a little bit more like Jesus? Because if you're a little bit more like Jesus every day, guess what? Your marriage will be a little better every day. Yeah. You'll be a, a, a better behaved uh, student at school. You'll be a better worker uh, where you are employed because you will be trying to honor Christ in everything that you say and everything you do. And you know that Christ wouldn't want you to be lazy. Christ wouldn't want you to give a half effort. Uh, Christ wouldn't want you to say something disrespectful to your teacher because that wouldn't be Christ-like. So the end goal is maturity. The end goal is to look like Jesus. The, the expectation... The expectation is growth, and we need one another to grow. The evolution is by cooperating with one another to help one another. I have no idea why that's doing this. Is that me? Somehow? Okay. And then the end is maturity, that we model the Messiah. There are many things we, we are to do for Christ. But the end is that we mature to look like the captain of our salvation, the perfecter of our faith. Growth is about maturing into the likeness of Christ. That better help. It's not. Romans 8, 29. going on here? Oh, there we go. Job, Dan, it's your job to make me look good. I know that that's hard sometimes. But that's why we pay you guys egregious amounts of money. Yeah, they get nothing. Yeah. Romans 8.29 for those God foreknew, He also predestined to be what? Predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. Right from the beginning. Right from the beginning. I mean, before the beginning, before our beginning. When, when the Trinity was talking about salvation and Jesus was, was going to come and be our Savior and take on flesh and die for us. When all of that was going on in the mind of God, one of the goals was this 
is that once a person is saved, that their goal isn't getting to heaven, but they're predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. That's what it's about, folks, is that you and I look like, sound like, act like Jesus. That's what growth is all about. Growth isn't all about how many Bible verses you've memorized, although that's awesome, or how many books of the Bible you've read, although that's awesome, or how many times you go to church, that's good too, or how much you give. Maturity is measured by how you look, sound, and act like Jesus. This is why I talked earlier about emotional maturity. Spiritual maturity and emotional maturity cannot be separated because if you're emotionally mature, you won't sound and act like Jesus at all. Regardless of, you know, how much Bible stuff you've consumed. The consumption of Bible stuff is to make us more like Jesus. It's not to impress people with what we've read. The end is that we model Christ. That's the end. That's what matters more than anything else. Second Corinthians 3.18 And we all, who with unveiled faces, and of course, talking about Moses back in the good old days when he used to veil himself after being in the presence of the Lord. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory. The way that's written for us in the Greek is mean that, that that's presently taking place right now. That every day we are being transformed, conformed to His image with ever-increasing glory. That's a day-by-day, ongoing thing. That's not a, and I arrived, I got there. You know, you got your badge, you got your pin, right? Some of you know what that's all about. I remember back in the good old days, you know, and I was big into blood uh, uh, donations, and they would give you your pins. Remember those? Or maybe, you know, wherever you are, you, you know, you get pins or badges for completing this, that, or the other thing. And those of you that play the games on the Internet, you know what I'm talking about, right? You've reached this level. You get a, pa- a badge. We're not looking for badges. We're looking to be like Jesus. And we are being transformed to His image with ever-increasing glory. That's the goal. Heaven's not the goal. Being the smartest person in the church isn't the goal. Jesus, and looking and sounding and acting like Jesus, that's the goal. So let me wrap it up for you. The expectation is that we all grow up into the image of Christ. The evolutionary process, the means by which we grow, is by working together. We cooperate with one another. We have a responsibility to the church to assist one another, to mature. We need each other, but the only way we can grow from and through one another is by cooperation. is by actually getting together sometimes in the same room, rubbing shoulders, and this is going to blow your mind, and talking to one another. And the end goal is to be like Jesus. That's what you were predestined for. You were predestined to be conformed to the image of God. That's the goal, folks. That's the goal. Expectation and realization are not always met. We understand that. And so we must cooperate 
so that the expectation is met. The expectation of being like Jesus. That we are willing to evolve spiritually, to grow spiritually by cooperating with one another. Understanding that we are to evolve spiritually and that we change only with the help of others for some people is revolutionary. It's not only evolutionary, but it's revolutionary. What? I need them? Don't you know, Pastor, about all their flaws? Yeah, because I'm the leader of the flawed group. And guess how I got there? Just like Paul, chiefest of sinners. Hallelujah. Look, folks, this isn't about being perfect. But this is about having the goal to glorify Jesus. My end goal is to be like Jesus. Not to scrape my way to heaven. If I take care of the looking like Jesus, heaven's a slam dunk. Don't you think? Don't you think? Let's stand and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the clarity of this passage that tells us that we need one another in order to get where we're going. And the place that we're trying to get is in heaven. The goal is to, is to look sound and act like Jesus. And, and maybe that's revolutionary to some of us here. And maybe it's revolutionary to understand that we can't get there. We can't get all the way there to looking and sounding and acting like Jesus unless we're willing to rub shoulders with others in the body of Christ. Sometimes they will be like the balm of Gilead. They'll be like oil that soothes wounds. And sometimes we recognize that they may be a little bit like sandpaper, putting spiritual spurs into us a little bit to encourage us to keep on going forward. But God, whatever the metaphor might be, we need one another to grow to be like you. Not to be smarter. Not to be the most gifted. Not to be the most recognized. But to be like Jesus. We were predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. And may that be the passion of every one of us. And what drives every one of us is that if we're a little bit more like Jesus, then we're going to be a lot more effective. And we're going to bring glory to Him in many more ways if we look and sound too much like ourselves. So, Father, I pray that the people today will, will take on the challenge. The expectation isn't to get to heaven. The expectation is growth. That there's, a, there's an evolving that needs to take place that changes us from one thing to another. And the main ingredient to that is somebody else in the body. And that the end goal isn't to get to heaven again, but it's to be like Jesus. And so challenge us with that today in Jesus' name. And the people said, Amen. Have an awesome, awesome day in the Lord. Have an awesome day looking, sounding, and acting like Jesus.